There is always something inside you telling you to speak out what you know is right. This has happened to me quite a lot, but there's injustice, and I didn't have the voice at the time to speak into the situation. We'll come back to this question at the end after I've looked at both actions and fear. So as already mentioned, the theme this week is resurrection people living with no fear. And our passage is from Paul, writing his second letter to Timothy, where he instructs him to remain loyal to both Paul in his struggles and in the good news of the gospel. After reading the passage a few times, you realise the power in each verse from verses 6 through to 14. You could do a sermon on each verse, they are that powerful. But we will briefly look at some of them. Starting with verse 6. Which for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God seeing you through the laying of my hands. Now Paul hasn't laid hands on us all individually. But the gift of God is still there within each one of us. It's your choice though, if you want to fan flame. But what does Paul mean when he says found faith? In Matthew 22, Jesus says to the Pharisees, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbour as yourself. Jesus gave the same answer when asked by an expert in the law, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Surely, this is what we must do to fan the flame of the Holy Spirit. As God is the only one who can grant eternal life, this is what we must do to fan the flame of the gift of God. But we don't just fan the flame of the Spirit one day when we can church. This must stretch beyond these walls, beyond this town, and beyond this country. By following what is written in the Book of Law and reiterated by Christ, we will be living as God wants us. We are to live our complete lives in accordance to what God desires. And by blessing each other, the Holy Spirit will show within each one of us. But why would we want to thank the flame? What are the perks, benefits, rewards? Is it even worth the effort? So I'll now let you imagine that you're going through a rough time. All of your plans have fallen through, and you're finding it difficult to trust as so many people have let down. But there's someone there for you who supported you through your time with me. They have cancelled their own social plans to be with you. They have dedicated their time, their energy, and their effort to This person has sacrificed their life to support you in your time of trouble when you most need it. You would feel indebted to them afterwards and repay the favour the best they could show your thankfulness. You would want to sacrifice yourself for them, for what they have done to you. The Father gave his one and only Son so that he would die and establish a direct connection between himself and us as children. The greatest sacrifice, Christ Jesus, the King of Kings, his life laid down so God could have a relationship with us all. By fanning the flame of the spirits, you are accepting the relationship God wants with you. What is a greater gift than having a relationship? 
His Spirit lives in you. It lives in me. By living your life in accordance to what God wants, you will have the living Spirit filling your body and Christ will be walking on us. <laughs> Moving on to verse 7. The Spirit of God, the Spirit God gave us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self discipline. We talked about God's power and God's Spirit not long ago. The power of which Peter addressed in crowds in Acts 2 at Pentecost. A man with little education, and at the end, after his speech, it sticks. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. I did a sermon last year on Stephen addressing the Sanhedrin, where he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and when he was correcting them on the mistakes they and our ancestors had made. That is also the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit has not diminished. It is still in abundance today. All over the world, Christians are being persecuted for their belief. From North Korea to Somalia, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Syria and Yemen, like I mentioned earlier, they are being put to death for wanting to live the same lives which we live, a life in which they can openly praise God for all that He has done for them. But why do they stand up, knowing that they can be killed for it? This is the power of the Holy Spirit in action today. These people are so full of the Holy Spirit, they are living as resurrected people. They have no fear. The worst that humanity can think to do is to put someone to death. And these Christians know that death is beaten. The power of the Holy Spirit cannot be stopped, even if whole countries it will still capture people's hearts and minds and make others believe. And the Spirit provides more than just power or holy boldness, but love also. Without God, there would be no Spirit, and without the Spirit, no love. We can only love because of the love that God has shown us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish. There is not a demonstration in the rest of history of a love greater than this. The Father giving up the Son to save his people, the people who repeatedly, for hundreds and thousands of years, disobeyed what he was saying. And yet this was his response. Not with violence, as some people interpreted the scriptures at the time, but with the greatest act of love world has ever seen and will ever see. Which leads us to verse 8. So do not be ashamed of the testimony of our God, our Lord, or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join in me in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. With the Spirit of God within us, we should have no fear. 
If you want to show your friends or family or both that you love your life because you love Jesus, this is best shown in action. Words can be empty. I speak a lot with people of my age who exaggerate in what they say. In the past, if you wanted to express your anger, you would curse. But now, it's much harder to determine when people are angry because they use the same language when they are calm also. Their words have this meaning. So why would others take heed of our words if we don't of theirs? Therefore, we must go to live to feed the hungry, to stand beside the broken. We must act, and even without looking for gratitude for your work, it will be noticed. People will start to wonder, why you act differently? And perhaps question. It says in the Bible also not to fear when people ask questions. So don't, get, don't worry about that. Because the Holy Spirit provides words for you. And that will happen if you found the fear. We'll have gone to verses 9 to 10. He has saved us and called us into holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us before the beginning of time, and as we revealed through the appearing of our Saviour, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. It is true. Thanks to God's purpose and grace, which was the sacrifice of Christ, we are immortal. As Christ defeated death by coming back to life as we celebrate all this But this draws us to the biggest fear in society death. Or the fear of loss which comes with someone else. In the past, famine, plague, and war have claimed many casualties. To give examples, during the Dark Ages, nothing was deadlier than the plague. Throughout time, civilizations have been starved, causing famines, and the number of wars that have happened on the earth only God can count. And to this day, these three still claim the lives of many people all over the world. But we're very fortunate to be living in a developed country. There is no war, <coughs> there is no famine, there is no plague, but there is death. People's opinions of death have a certain change over time. The verse reads, Who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality? Death was destroyed when Christ rose again on earth. Now, when we die, we aren't expected to rise back to life on earth. But our victory is that we will rise in heaven and inherit life eternal there. That is death defeated. You have been saved and your place is in heaven, not here on earth. Paul wrote also to the Ephesians about being saved in chapter 2, verses 4 to 6. And it says the following. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms of Jesus. This verse also reiterates my point from earlier. A transgression is an offence, 
And in the past, where's humanity? It's just about everything, sort of thank God. He sets out the commandments for his people, and they disobey all of them at one point or another. For example, you shall have no other gods before me. It wasn't long afterwards, when God was still speaking with Moses, that he had to send him back down as the people had become corrupt and built a golden calf and they sacrificed to it. But after all the offences we did to God, he still wants a relationship with each one of us. He poured out his grace, his peace, and his love in the giving of his Son so that we could be resurrected people without fear of the greatest enemy. <coughs> to conclude, our starting question was, have you ever been afraid to speak up for what you know is true? The answer I'd expect from most would be a simple yes. <coughs> but we have addressed today how to overcome the difficulties. The Holy Spirit provides such qualities in these situations to overcome our fear or embarrassment. If you live the life of God, God wants for us all, you would have the courage and the wisdom to intervene appropriately to maintain God's justice in the world. With God's spirit burning within you all, all fear is washed away. And as is shown by the acts that we have mentioned today in Peter and Stephen, and of the acts that still happen all around the world today, it is our duty to spread the good news of Christ, and with that, know that death has no grave. There is nothing to fear in death. We are going to be immortalized in heaven where we belong. All we have to do is to serve and fan the flame of the Spirit of God. And no guilt in life and no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me and in you.